one for me, one for you. <laughs> How did you guess? <laughs> well, you know, math. I, I did pass math. Hi, Nick. How are you? I'm well, Todd. How are you? I'm good. What are you drinking? Uh, oh my goodness, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called uh, Thornbock or Thorn something. It's a Central Otago Pinot Noir. It's a really nice wine. Um, Central Otago is a really good region for Pinot Noir. Um, it's quite embarrassing. I can't remember what it's called, although it's my first glass. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? Oh, just a nice cup of coffee. Nothing special. It's early in the morning, so yeah, a little cake cup. We have, you know, same we, we switched time? along. Yeah, that that same old Costco stuff because you buy a box and it lasts for like a year. So, um, I used to make good coffee in the morning when I, I don't know, when I cared more. I guess <laughs> you go in these waves. You know, I, every time I open the um, the little cupboard where the coffee is, there's this nice bag of um mighty good coffee in there and i always feel like oh i should grind that up and make it but then the k-cup is just it's so fast you just pop it in and 30 seconds later there's a cup of coffee so convenience wins every time convenience right it really does it really does so anyway yeah you were talking about the ios 13 beta uh yeah maybe maybe before we yeah maybe we, we before we go into our um previous pre-show conversation maybe we should um do some follow-up and make a correction um <laughs> it's <laughs> remember remember the 5th of november not the 4th of november but um i wonder you know given my time zone i wonder <laughs> i wonder if you should still count anyway <laughs> depending on the day <laughs> yeah so maybe new zealand the last guy folks last two days it starts on the fourth and it finishes on the fifth i think it's only fair well we'll celebrate on the fourth and you can celebrate on the fifth and then, then it'll be right we'll, we'll both be right then <laughs> yeah or both be wrong <laughs> um yeah something something like that yeah, so um this is the first time we're actually live as well so um woohoo yeah we're live <laughs> it's a real thing on it's the cool. internet yeah um yeah so we'll see if um if this uh, takes down my uh, my mac and my <laughs> my home <laughs> infrastructure let's see how redundant my uh, my uh, fiber connection really is um Cool. So yeah, I was, um, b- before we started recording, um, we were talking about iOS 13 during our tests for, um, audio streaming and oh my God, is it buggy? Like Safari doesn't load when you try to, um, play, uh, an, an MP3 stream or an AC stream. It is very, very, the audio stack is, it feels like to step back, like compared to iOS 12 and, um, I think that applies to like my Bluetooth connection in the car and the way CarPlay functions or more like doesn't function and stuff like that. It's just, yeah. Um, how much time do you have? Cause I can talk about the bugs in iOS 13, like for a long time. 
It's... I, I see a long list of bullet points on iOS 13, and I see a long list of bullet points on Android Q. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. We won't bore the listeners too much, I guess. But I, you know, that same exact thing. So you have CarPlay, and you mm. said it's very buggy. And you know, I won't, I won't jump the gun too much. But the exact same thing for Android Audio or Android Auto. <laughs> it's super buggy. It used to be rock solid on P mm. in my car, and now I don't know. Sometimes it just doesn't work at all, and then other times it works <laughs> fine. It's amazing how these betas, right? I mean, you're on the final beta, aren't you? Uh, yeah, this is the release candidate. So there could possibly be one more, I think. Like a gold master or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it is surprising because it's... It's really not that far away when it comes out, and there's some issues, you know, audio issues. That's a big thing, and um, you know, it's I don't know, it's not very much time, and it's interesting how even these large, very very large companies run right up to the end of the project, you know, <laughs> right up to the end of their their cycle. They're they're kind of scrambling to squish these bl- these bugs and get the software finalized before they before they ship it. So, um, was it like that in previous iOS betas? Is this a normal, normal track record? It's funny. It's been for iOS has been like a roller coaster. Like I've never seen a more stable early release or beta release than uh, the previous one, iOS 12. So beta one was faster, better. It was like a step up from 11, really. Mm-hmm. There was, I had no reluctance, you know, from when, when it came to recommending iOS 12 to non-technical people who wanted to, who were working on the public beta. iOS 13, however, feels more like an iOS 7. <laughs> um, there were, I don't know if you remember when uh, Johnny F took over the reins for uh, software as well as hardware. And iOS went from this rich, polished, skeuomorphic, uh, shadowy, glossy kind of look and feel to a more flat and you can tell what a button was. Mm-hmm. There were labels, uh, because I use color, that's a button. Or <laughs> It's just... It <laughs> it's was a good so, impression. It was, very, <laughs> it was very confusing. It still is in many parts of iOS, especially in onboarding screens and stuff. They've... Um, They've backtracked, but uh, yeah. Um, Do you think that just uh, that coincides with the team that is there, and like when people when people come and go from the company, if the the product is as uh, coherent and polished? Um, I'm not sure. Eh? I think it it might have to do with um, how far ahead they are in the uh, release cycle. You know, like one of the things I've observed over the years is that the the point one release is what they always intended the um, actual OS release to be. So say 8.1 or 9.1 or 10.1 would be the release. And it's, really? Yeah, it's just... So I, th- I think because they time software releases with hardware, they really don't have much of a choice, which is what I think will be super interesting to watch with this year's iOS, iOS 13, because iPhone 11 or whatever it will be called, Pro or whatnot, um, yeah. is scheduled to be released sometime, you know, September, October. Uh, and I I think iOS 13 is super flaky. Uh, I... Um, 
I don't have any confidence that it will be a, a good experience for somebody who, uh, you know, takes the phone out of the box and starts using it. Um, so I don't know if they have the option of shipping with iOS 12 because there might be some hardware dependencies or, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, iOS 13 might be the only one that can support certain hardware features. So, um, I uh, I am super curious to see what happens because I, I don't think they will delay the hardware release too much. And like you said earlier, I have a very long list of bugs that I've been raising, by the way, since beta one, because I, you know, I'm yeah. crazy. So I jumped on the beta bandwagon <laughs> very early on, on oh, my primary phone. And, but there's stuff like, like important stuff, you know, like iCloud, like data going missing and things not syncing up or like my entire home has like home automation and the entire tiles are missing. Like I can't see the lights in my home app. Like, wait a second, how do I turn off the lights? There's no button there. Um, or sensors being hidden and yeah, orientation. It's issues. so interesting because like those features, those things, right? Those applications like HomeKit, that stuff existed in the past on a previous version. So even on the very first beta, you have to wonder, you know, why, why would it be any different at all? You know, why would all of a sudden a tile be missing even on the very first beta, right? Cause we always build, right. Software is pretty much built on top of previous software. You don't start over on a new iOS 13. <laughs> um, I think it might have to do with the fact that, um, at least in this version of iOS, they have rewritten a lot of stuff. So, um, one of the new things with iOS 13 will be the fact that the shortcuts app is pre-installed on iOS and there's now a two-way automation integration. So from a shortcut action into home kit and home automation and the same way from the home scenes and rules and um, automations into the shortcuts. So a sensor at home can trigger a shortcut the same way that uh, a shortcut can trigger like a scene in HomeKit. So I think that required a bunch of under the hood, or I feel like it required a bunch of under the hood changes in, in the app, which may have caused the behaviors that I'm talking about. Um, but, um, I guess you'd have to work on on the on the team to to know exactly what uh, what causes this. But yeah, uh, yeah. But, well, at but, least they they uh, they didn't introduce another navigation mode. <laughs> I am more and more excited because you said you're gonna get me buy me a beer if, if they ship that stuff. You're on the record. <laughs> I know, I know. I, we shouldn't have recorded that. <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> well, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's going to come out. That new gesture navigation will will make it to production. I had so. I had a look at the latest version, and they changed yet again, like the yeah dead spots or whatever they're called, the insets for where you drag from and how you do stuff. And I am more confused than yeah. I've been in a long well, time. Uh, you know, they, yeah, they recently changed it like right up to this, this final release candidate. And I don't know, maybe they're relying on the fact that this only ships by default with devices that ship with Q. So out of the box, it'll only be no phones, <laughs> maybe the pixel four shortly afterwards. Um, and that, you know, it's, most people don't switch the, the way that, that, that they do navigation on the phone. 
So, you know, maybe they're relying on this gradual introduction into the ecosystem uh, where it takes quite a, quite a time, you know, quite a while for, um, for it to be adopted uh, and then giving themselves some time uh, to ship any bug fixes or any modifications um, to the way that it works. So, yeah, I guess it's, um, I don't know, it, it, it's okay once you get used to it, but you know, the, the, there's a blog post that we'll put in the, the show notes and they say it takes, Oh, one to three days, you know, to get used to all these little quirks and how things work. And I feel like it took me at least a week to really get a handle on the back button. You know, you just swipe from the left or swipe from the right edge of the screen. And that's now the back button. And, you know, you do that by accident a lot. Like I ended up exiting apps. And then the other one that, that I think is still an issue is when you're, when you're in an app and there's a, a list of items, like maybe in Gmail, where you can swipe an email to the side to either delete it or archive it. Well, now, you know, I don't ever do that in Gmail anymore because I'm really afraid of deleting wow. or archiving a message that's in my inbox when I am trying to trigger the back button. So you're so second-guessing your own gestures on your phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It, it's okay. But yeah, anytime there's like the overlapping gesture area, um, it's, I just don't trust it yet. And I don't trust myself. And it's, uh, I don't know, overlapping gestures just seems like out of the box, a bad idea. <laughs> like to have two different actions on the same area of the same plane, you know, it, it's only a 2d plane. <laughs> if I understand correctly, you, you're meant to also like tap and hold on the edge of the screen before something becomes visible or. Yeah. So there's that menu, the hamburger menu that can slide out from the left. Yeah. The navigation view. So I was, I was very surprised to see they, they actually call it hamburger button on uh, one of those bl blog posts they wrote. Like, I did not expect yeah. to see that. <laughs> The word officially called, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hamburger well, is a I technical would, term. Yeah, yeah. It you know it's it it really just goes to show how we, at least myself, are just not the mainstream users of that because they showed the stats. Well, number one, it's staggering that they have statistics on how people open hamburger menu, and it was like, well, now I'm gonna. I don't know. It was like less than 10% actually open the menu by swiping from the side of the screen. And like the vast, vast, vast majority of users open that menu by tapping on the hamburger icon, the little three bars stacked on top of each other. Like that's how almost everybody opens it. And I'm like, oh, I almost always swipe from the side of the screen because I know you can do that. And, you know, now that's an, an issue with the, the gesture navigation. So, so yeah, it's, um, I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I owe you a beer. Okay. So. Well, it hasn't shipped yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but, but I kind of, uh, I might go back to the two button or the three button. I don't know. There's always this argument about, you know, the edge to edge and getting the maximum real estate for your app. And it's like, does, does the eighth of an inch, quarter of an inch, eighth of an inch, does it matter? Like, 
for my app. You do realize like, I have I no idea how much that is, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I know. I'm sorry. It's like a couple of millimeters, right? Like five millimeters on the bottom. Like, okay. It's like we're in this this era, this stage of like, oh, you're going to get edge to edge, and it's beautiful, and you know, you're gonna you're gonna accidentally activate all these things because now there's no there's no um you know there's no bezel around the phone and. I'm like, does it matter? I don't know. Does it? It just doesn't matter to me that there's a notch, that there's an edge, that there's space on the edge of the phone to hold onto it. You know, it's the thing is huge. Like, do we remember what phones were like 12 years ago, 15 years ago? Like, they were tiny, you know, and the screen was like one inch. And it's just. I remember Apple had commercials about the perfect size for a phone. Look at how my thumb can reach the top of the screen and then come back down to the home button. (laughs) I thought that was uh, so hilariously bad in so many ways. Oh my God. Yeah. It's funny because you see, I I use both iOS and Android. And um, when I... um, when I pick up an Android phone, I oftentimes find myself use the same gestures that, you know, I use on iOS and the opposite way. Like, if the, for example, after using, say, my Pixel for a week and I would pick up my iPhone, I would go onto the keyboard and I start swiping and nothing would happen. Yeah. It would drive me insane. Or I'd double yeah. tap the space bar and nothing would happen. Like, what is going on? The same way when I pick up a Pixel, I because I'm a big Safari app user on my iPhone, I would just open up Chrome and I would browse and... I would swipe, say, from the side to go to expect to go back in the browser history. But then if I want to come back to the page I was at previously, I'd, I'd swipe from the other side. <laughs> and it sounds like that would be like a double back in my case now. <laughs> so I'm pretty scared. Yeah, <laughs> I know it sounds small and insignificant, but um, like for me, those browser buttons, that, you know, back and forward in through history are very intuitive. They're very, very natural. Like, um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know if I want to have to explain to uh, anyone why, you know, I swipe from either side of the edge of the screen and, you know, the same thing happens. It just feels very inconsistent. Right. It does seem like one of them should be forward and one of them should be back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And that's what happens in Safari on iOS, right? The other thing is, imagine if you don't, swipe quite correctly and you you start from the bottom of the screen that will just invoke the um um home assistant or no sorry what's it called google assistant if you go from the corner yeah one of the corners of the screen yeah so in ios or on my uh, on my ipad that is the screenshot gesture (laughs) (laughs) so it's like oh it's going to be it's going to be super interesting you know and you know, I was just looking to some data, and um, I'm sure it's fine for me to share. But around forty percent of the customers, you know, where I work, are cross-platform. Really? Yes. So can you imagine? Wow. Can you imagine? That is way higher than I thought. It's the same here. That's why I think it's remarkable and it's worthwhile sharing, right? So it's it's insane. And then, can you imagine what? their experience will be like yeah it's well just, they, <laughs> hold on can you can you uh, like cross platform like like a windows machine and an ios yeah, so, or it's like cross, it's cross think of it cross channels right so we have uh-huh. uh, web browser ios app android app right 
So it's that's that's kind of what um, cr- um, cross platform or cross channel yeah. it would mean. So I think between iOS and Android is always obviously not forty percent, but it's a very large percentage. Huh. Wow. So it's not like oh yeah, the three percent that tap the uh, uh, sorry that they do an H swipe is definitely more than three percent. <laughs> Right, like it's still remarkable that ninety odd percent of people just reach out to the top of a very tall screen to push a a tiny wee yeah. forty by forty button. You know, it's just insane. <laughs> but yeah, I guess yeah, people. You know, that's why you cannot remove buttons from the um, UI. You know, and that's what people do. Yeah, um, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a very fun. September, October. Yeah. 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 Looking forward to it. (laughs) I can imagine the family support goes like, hey, I installed this new thing. (laughs) Everything's broken. You know, it's, I, I don't want to spend too much more time on, you know, on this stuff, but, uh, but it's funny. My, my father-in-law got a new phone couple of weeks ago when he was down here and, and he's like, Hey, can you help me set this up? And I'm like, sure. Like, this is actually really easy on Android. And, uh, and I later ate my words, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, last time I did this, you know, you just, you just hold the two phones together and, you know, you hit a few buttons and everything's good. And, uh, you know, in the, the year that it's been since I've done that, it's like completely different than it was before and different things automatically transfer. And, you know, it's, uh, it's always interesting to see like how fast this stuff moves. And, you know, I spent like a considerable amount of time trying to get his phone to be not exactly the same, but to get everything transferred over. And it's just, you know, I'm like, you know, a lot of people would never figure this out or they would pay the Verizon store like the the 50 bucks to transfer everything on your phone because it's just easier you know, to pay them 50 bucks and have them do it. And, you know, the initial process, I would say like definitely 90, 95% of it was smooth and everything moved over, but then, you know, it didn't move text messages, you know, didn't copy those over because the version on, of Android on his previous phone didn't back up his SMS history, but the version on the new phone does restore SMS history. So it's trying to restore something that doesn't exist. And I'm like, that's only like one or two versions behind. Like, I can't believe that Android doesn't back up your SMS history. So, you know, those things, uh, contacts, right? He had contacts. The contacts were, there was like a hundred and some of them were on the phone then a vast majority of them were on his Google account. Then another chunk of them were on a different Google account. And going to the new phone, like, you know, only, I mean, two, two-thirds moved. So then I was like, oh, it's the, the contacts that are saved on the phone, right? So we got to move those. Well, that's like a whole nother ordeal because you can't, for whatever reason, in that that version, like you couldn't just change where contact was saved. Like you had to copy and like duplicate the contact from the phone to the Google account. And I don't know, sometimes the easiest things are not easy, you know, the things that you would think would be really easy. So 
I don't know. Anyway, it, it's always interesting to to have that perspective sometimes from you know the non tech person, the non like the user, like the actual user, right? Like you and I are not the users of this stuff. No. <laughs> we, we use it, but we are not the intended audience. Um, but yeah, trying to to find a, a non technical person and see how they use it, and you're like, man, this. What are we doing? <laughs> you know, like this. This is not as easy or straightforward as we think it is. I so. remember seeing a very cool um, time lapse of the onboarding when you set up a new iPhone or a new Android mm-hmm. phone, and how we went from like having two screens, like "Welcome to your new iPhone." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> pick your language, yeah. you know. And now we have like, oh no, no, opt into this analytics thing and. Uh, do you want to allow developers to get crash data? And uh, do you want to enable location permissions and set up an iCloud account? How about another iCloud yeah. account? <laughs> <laughs> you should have a backup just in case. <laughs> you get an iCloud account. Yeah. And you get an iCloud account. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's become very difficult. I, I uh, oftentimes have to do uh, tech support for my parents. So I... Uh, mm-hmm. Like they own an iPad and uh, that's pretty much the extent of their technology, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uptake. So I called their mobile phone and I asked them to read the screen literally from the top corner on the left to the bottom corner <laughs> on the right. Everything yeah. is like a word. Like they don't understand stuff like a floating window as a model or, right. or as an alert. They go like, oh, there's right. nothing on screen. The entire center of the screen is just this white alert with red buttons. Yes. But for them, that's just like an, an advert on a newspaper. They just, oh, yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. cannot process that that is, that requires your undivided attention. You know, you, yep. <laughs> it's, yeah. So, you know, I feel like they should be like a, a, hey, this is my first computer mode. You know, like beam out <laughs> the entire screen, like anything, if it's a model, everything else should just disappear. You know, yeah. buttons should be bigger and elevated and maybe blinking or something. I don't know. You know? <laughs> but there's, uh, could you imagine supporting that? <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be pretty, but it would be easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can you see anything yeah. flashing, anything annoying? You know that screen? you just said something you just said, it might not be pretty, but it's easy. And that. We forget that all the time that so many users, they don't care if it's pretty or how it, how they just want it to work and to be easy and simple. And they don't care how it looks. I think this is also like one very easy way to distinguish, uh, let's call them a seasoned development Mm -hmm. team from like a, a more ambitious, young, and maybe immature or lacking in pragmatism team. Like you want to ship, you know, we talk about shipping early and getting stuff out there in front of users and then doing the, you know, polish and whatever. I'm, I'm not saying everything should be jarring or ugly. Don't, don't make it ugly if you can make it pretty, but you shouldn't spend an unreasonable amount of effort on making something incredibly polished when mm-hmm. that might actually be distracting or become invisible to a, to a new user, like make it clear. Clarity should be trumping beauty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we end up talking about software <laughs> design and stuff like that, but oh well, maybe if we leave that for another time. Great. Well, uh, it's becoming conference season mm. again. 
do you have any any upcoming conferences that you're going to or that you're speaking at? Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny how just when I think, oh my god, I have too much stuff going on, <laughs> I say, yeah, okay, I'll I'll go and I'll speak <laughs> at this conference. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, I forgot it. I I kind of <laughs> I accidentally RSVP'd to a <laughs> a conference in Melbourne. Um, I was riding the high after Google I.O., I think, or WWC or one of them. And I was like, oh, how, how tricky can it be? How difficult can it be? So um turns out on the first week of September, I'll be uh, giving a talk on cultural identity in native apps in Melbourne at a conference called DevWorld, which is um, a very Apple-centric conference in Melbourne. It's probably the largest such conference in in the region. It's been going on for many, many years. Um, and it's, it's truly a privilege to speak there. They have uh, a lot of very competent, established speakers. So it's a good chance for me to have a, <laughs> a bit of an imposter syndrome, <laughs> but we'll see how mm-hmm. it goes. Um, luckily, I, uh, I feel very passionately about the subject and uh, that hopefully will, will make me get past the whole fear thing. But, yeah, there's a lot going on. And at the end of this month, we are running uh, Kotlin Everywhere here in Wellington. Um, I was on a conference call with our uh, Google partners, contacts, if you like, and other GDGs and GDs in the region to talk about DevFest and stuff in November. And then um, we have like community get-togethers in December. And yeah, there's a lot going on. And on top of all of it, there's, I think, Cloud Next in Sydney at the end of September or second half of September that I may or may not go to. So wow. I don't. Busy, busy. It's crazy. So <laughs> the, the problem is there's, it might not, it might not be possible. I, I don't think I can realistically do all these and do them well, if you know what I mean. So I have to yeah. pick my battles. Yeah. I'm definitely committed to giving this talk, but, and I'm also committed to, um, giving some lectures at the um, postgraduate school here in Wellington. So um, some ICT school. So uh, I, I, I need to make sure that I do those things. And that's on top of, you know, my, my um, job and my pet projects and all that other stuff. But yeah, I mean, I enjoy going to a good conference. How about you guys? How's stuff in um, Uh, Michigan? Good. Yeah. Yeah. We have, um, we have our Dev Fest coming up uh, in September. It's uh, September 21st. Um, you can find info at michigandevfest.com. Mm. Um, so, yeah, michigandevfest.com, uh, September 21st. Uh, we're holding it at... Um, it's uh, it's called the Little Caesars Global Resource Center. So it's downtown Detroit. It's not the the new uh, Little Caesars Arena. It's a different building that they've recently renovated or or rebuilt. Um, so new space for us this year. Uh, this is our seventh Dev Fest that we do in partnership with the Detroit Developer Group. Um, so so yeah, we're looking forward to that. Um, we've expanded it this year, so we're trying to get um, about double the number of attendees so we're shooting for uh over 200 so um so it's going good so far yeah um but that's that's kind of the only the only conference i have uh coming up i wanted to ask you Mm. um yeah a question about how you figure out what you're going to talk about like as a presentation 
you know, how do you figure out your speech, even their topic? Um, because I, I have a hard time, you know, I like uh, giving presentations and speeches, but I have a really hard time figuring out what to talk about for 45 minutes. Well, this particular conference I'm speaking at gave like a, an indication of the type of theme, you know, that they were after like accessibility mm -hmm. or culture or localization, stuff like that. So that wasn't necessarily difficult, but I think in my case, what I do is maybe selfish. I talk about stuff that I care a lot about, but that I know there's more I can learn about. So, um, what so happened? you like force yourself into learning by having to give a presentation? That's one for sure. Uh -huh. But the other one is, um, I always seek feedback, right? So I'm like, here's, here's where I'm at or here's where we are at. Uh, this is where we want to get to, but we don't always know, or I don't always know the, all the options that are available to get to that destination. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm, um, how do I put this? I might be vulnerable. I might come across this, like, uh, you know, not being an expert or a subject matter expert at times. But I'm, I aim to be like honest and, uh, um, I, I did learn from somebody, um, almost like a, like, who's like, like a mentor to me that, um, you know, like you, you always know more than many of the people in the audience, right? Like he, mm -hmm. he's just, because right. otherwise many people come because they want to learn or hear about that stuff. So they probably, they're curious, you know, so it's very likely because you have to prepare a talk and learn about it and structure it and whatever that you, you end up at the time when you give the talk, you end up knowing a lot more than most people in the audience. And, um, I think that can be applied to many different things. It, it definitely can't be applied to everything, but, uh, to most things. So, uh, you don't have to always feel bad that, or you don't have to feel bad that, um, um, you're, um, wasting people's time because you're, Probably not. You're most certainly not. The other thing is, um, the uh, previous experience that I have from giving like uh, presentations is that people do follow up and they will challenge things. They'll say, "Hey, um, you mentioned X or Y or Z. Uh, here's my experience with that, and I wonder what makes you say that this works or that doesn't or whatever." Um, and I think that that's super. Um, super useful. Like, and I see this in myself. Like when I go to a conference, I oftentimes spend time talking to a speaker and uh, going like, Hey, um, I really enjoy this part and that part. Like, how about this? Or what do you, where do you stand on that? And what are your thoughts on whatever? And um, that's the exact same thing really. Um, but you know, it's just like the sides are flipped a little bit. So um I don't know, like, um, I have a, a pool of talks as well. Like there's, um, a bunch of subjects I, I care about that some of them are not timeless, but things don't change maybe as much. And there are things that I, um, uh, I iterate on or, um, I, maybe I collect them and I outline them in a way that is almost like ready to be turned into a talk because you have to have stuff ready for say, uh, onboarding a new starter or communicating yeah. a plan to somebody or um, setting up some you know roadmap so it's it's not that um, far from actually being an actual presentation and realistically in your day-to-day -day job or in my day-to-day -day job given the nature of my job I have to give presentations anyway yeah and they're often like limited to say four five seven slides but it's 
it's in that vein of uh, of interaction with an audience where you go like, here's what I prepared earlier. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> let's have a conversation. Is it like a, I guess, would you say like a muscle, you know, the more that you exercise, uh, the easier, easier it is to figure out topics? Yeah, it's just... Keep in mind, I mean, I'm sure you know this, but uh, maybe other people don't realize there's a lot of work that goes into a, a presentation. Like there's a lot more than people realize. So say if you give a 20 minute talk, I think you'd be safe to assume that you've spent maybe, I don't know, two whole days just doing outlining and planning yeah. and whatever, oh, yeah. another yeah. few days on just yeah polishing and then a solid maybe day on just rehearsing it, you know, and yeah, it's just... It's not that uh, like, oh yeah, I'm going to put three bullets on a slide and there we go. I have a presentation. Not if you want to do a good job and uh, and be proud of yourself. Okay. Things to think about. Do you, um, I know you, you have the same kind of situation as me. Do you prefer to attend a conference or to organize a conference? I think I prefer to attend yeah, right now. Um, yeah, I like attending conferences. You know, I used to go to a lot more stuff before I had kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I used to do a lot more um, conferences and professional development and those kind of things. Uh, I think I had, you know, I just had more time or being away from home was a little bit easier. Um, so the past few years, I haven't done as much. Uh, in that that area, as I had in the past, but um, but yeah, you know, I like going to conferences. I like going with uh, you know a buddy with somebody that I know. Um, it seems to oh, I don't know, make it a little bit more fun, I guess, um, to to tag along with somebody or or to have a you know just a companion where you can um, go to talks together and and discuss things, you know, a lot like what we do mm. on the, the podcast here, yep. you know, where we can just talk about stuff that, that people are presenting. Um, sometimes, you know, going to a, a conference by yourself is nice because you're getting a lot of information, but you know, those times in between sessions or, um, you know, lunchtime, you know, times that you uh, would like to have conversations, sometimes it's it's hard, right, to to bump into somebody new and just spark up a conversation. So, um, so I don't know. I, I like attending them. Um, I guess uh, I've only really ever organized uh, our DevFest. Um, our DevFest for the past two years, two or three years, um, I've helped with that. So it's kind of a committee. Um, so it's not just all one person. Uh, and then, you know, our meetups, but our meetups are, are pretty, um, I don't know. We have a, a script, I guess. They're kind of, they're pretty easy to organize or pretty easy to set up. There's not a lot, um, on the organizer part. I would say that, that the hardest thing is finding a presenter, you know, finding somebody to, to speak at your meetup. But otherwise, um, it's a pretty good formula that we have so far for that. So, so yeah, anyway, um, yeah, conferences. They're fun. I like going to conferences. Awesome. Before maybe we talk about uh, birthday parties for kids, I was just going to uh, take a moment and say happy birthday, Jessica, in case she's listening. Don't tell her I said that. Just let's see if <laughs> let's see okay. if she does listen. <laughs> 
if you are listening, Jess, happy birthday. Uh, it was wonderful to see pictures of you looking so happy. Anyway, uh, enough about uh, me um, sucking up to your wife. Let's talk about <laughs> birthday parties. Um, how do you folks do it over there? Like, I'm very curious to hear. Um, how do you run, say, a birthday party? What happens? Like, and what about when you have to go to a birthday party? Yeah. Um, so sometimes, you know, we have a, a party at the house. Um, if it's at the house, it's usually family and friends, uh, that come over kind of like milestone birthdays, I would say, um, certain ages, not every year. And then, um, Jessica does a really good job, a lot of decorations, some sort of theme, um, you know, something that the kids have been into recently. Uh, we usually, I don't know, have like light snacks, you know, and lemonade and stuff. Sometimes we have beer, like alcohol for the adults. <laughs> kids drink not, beer? Not for the kids. <laughs> no. Gosh, no. Alcohol no, but you. you know, the kids will have like a, a little uh, sugar station, you know, where they got a bunch of candy and whatever. And um, yeah, some snacks, maybe like pizza, right? We'll like make uh, frozen pizzas in the oven. Um, cause kids love pizza and, and those things are cheap. And then for like a cake, I don't know. I don't think we've ever made one. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to think we usually get it from either, uh, somebody that we know that makes cakes or, um, Costco actually makes really good birthday cakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and they're big and they're pretty cheap. So we go there. And, and get those. Um, so that's kind of for the big milestone. Can you get like messages written on them or? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They do all that stuff. Huh. Um, yeah. So that's for like the little bit larger milestone birthdays or, or every, I don't know, every, every couple of years. Um, but otherwise, you know, it might be something small. There's, um, there's this place out, out in the new community um, called the tree house. And it's just like a giant indoor jungle gym for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like slides and all sorts of padded stuff. They can run around, you know, balls in there. They can go crazy. Yep. Um, so sometimes they'll go there and, um, let them run around, bring, bring a couple of friends. Um, okay. Yeah. So when you, when, when your kids go, go to birthday parties, like, how do you go about that? Like, do you, how do you go about, say, buying presents? Like, that's, I find that yeah. to be so stressful. <laughs> Cause I would ask my, my daughters, like, well, what does, say, your friend, you know, Sarah or whatever, what does she like? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, right. I know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does she like, you know, the coloring books? Does she, what does she do when you're together? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what do you talk about? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so do you buy like a present at a time? Because like, I find that we have a birthday party to go to virtually every week or every other week. So it's, so with three yeah. kids, I imagine it's probably even more. <laughs> well, so. so we're not there with, with the younger two, you know, there really isn't, there isn't that, uh, that number of birthdays yet. So really it's only the older, the oldest one. Um, you know, she actually has some friends and, um, we're going to parties, um, so it's typically a toy of some sort or maybe like a coloring book or something like that. But then we like to also get, um, like a book, like a, like a regular storybook, um, with, with the toy. So kind and of an a, Amazon voucher. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, I mean, it might be from Amazon, but, 
<laughs> but yeah, like a book, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, storybook that they can read or that the parents can read to them. Um, uh, but then also the, the toy. So, um, yeah. Do you I buy them like one good. at a time or do you have like a, a stash, like a pile? Oh, of- um, we pretty much do one at a time. Yeah. We're kind of a, <laughs> no, everything's last right. minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get that quote, quote, free shipping. Uh, so no, we're very last minute, everything in our lives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, everything I'm late for everything. So, uh, that's including buying birthday presents, um, which, which I don't buy. Uh, Jessica does that. She's, she's great at that stuff. So, um, yeah. No, we, um, we have a very similar kind of situation here. So actually we've, we've only had, I think one birthday party at home and then we realized, Oh, this is not a good idea. I think we had maybe hmm, 30 or 40 people here. It was mayhem. Like kids running everywhere, furniture, <laughs> which is, you couldn't see anything. They were the grandparents just pretty much falling asleep on couches. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And that was, that was quite something. I think it was for, was Mara one maybe for her, for her first birthday. And I remember we, we got maybe two cakes. We got like a big, massive, awesome cake. That was delicious passion fruit flavor. I remember, but then we also yeah. got one made, um, like a smash cake, like a sm- or smashing cake. Do you know what that is? I think Where so. You give yeah. it to the kid and the kid is just oh, meant yeah. to smash it. And yeah, Mara, yeah. Mara yeah, is, we did that for the first birthday. Yeah. And Mara was just like absolutely not interested in smashing the cake. And everyone insisted so much. She burst into tears. <laughs> she was just traumatized. by <laughs> I don't want to smash the cake. So then somehow she ended up with her hand in the cake and she was distraught pretty much. Like, why is there gunk on my hand? <laughs> Right. What yes. am I doing? Yeah. But now for yeah. for our second for Iris, um, we're a lot more relaxed with this stuff. So now for her birthday, we're just going to go to a, a place very much like the one you talked about. Yeah, I think it, here it's called Jungle Ram or something like that. So they have a lot of padded stuff by padded equipment and a lot of entertainment, kind of like a mini indoor amusement park and yep. a tent yep. for serving cake and food and stuff like that. So it's very safe for kids and it's good for siblings too, because there's entertainment for lots of age groups. There's this one thing, I, th- I believe they call it a volcano or something, which imagine, picture this slide that's really... Uh, a cone it's only like mm-hmm. half a cone and kids are meant to climb on that thing and you go like how silly are you can't you see you're just gonna slide all the way back down <laughs> and then they go <laughs> and they just burn it all the energy trying to climb this yeah. 10 meter tall thing and eventually they just slide down and when one slides down it knocks out all the other kids <laughs> that are below them it's just so I'm like, okay, cool. They're they're going to be completely <laughs> exhausted in like 10, 15 minutes. Um, so yeah, so we do that kind of stuff. But yeah, when it comes to presents, we're um we're um hmm, we're trying really hard to find the right present for the for each of the children. So we can't really mm-hmm. go and buy multiple things off, but we have often ended up with two of the same things. Like we've had situations where, you know, somebody would bring um, a present for us and we already had it or something like that. And, you know, you don't just go, yeah. like, oh, 
<laughs> we don't need this. And and yeah. really using the gift exchange voucher is just too hard because I have to go to the store and whatever. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to pass it on. And <laughs> yeah, and yeah. No one minds really, but yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Well, the 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 kid never really remembers. Yeah, but we're we're Lego givers. Yeah. Like I I I really enjoy a challenge, like finding the right Lego set for the for each of the children, and I have some successes of you know kids who are like, I don't like Lego, but then I managed to find one that was interesting. So yeah, I don't know why I find Lego to be a a, a good present. Ah, oh boy. Anyway, enough maybe about um, birthday parties and uh, beta operating systems for one day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. All well, right. Well, this was fun once again. Thanks for um, thanks for the chat. Um, if uh, if people want to get in touch with us, they can uh, they can follow our Twitter account, which is Keep In Touch FM. And if they want to um, get in touch with you, they can follow you on Twitter at Todd the Land. And if they want to follow you, uh, follow you on Twitter and Mastodon at Nick DMRO. So until next time, keep in touch.